Hey everybody, before we get started, we had a bit of technical difficulties last night with Zencaster. My audio wasn't recorded as well as we usually do, so apologies for that. We'll have that resolved for you next week, and enjoy the show. The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel and I'm here with the freshly blocked by Jake Hager, Mike. (laughs) And uh, we're going to recap the week that was in All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. Before we get into the action, Mike, how does it feel to be blocked by the most recent number one contender for the All Elite Wrestling Heavyweight Championship? It feels damn good. You know, I I have not made my Jake Hager hate... um, hidden and i think it probably was related to the thing i did live tweeting a few weeks ago things i'd rather do than watch jake hager and the last one i did before time ran out was take grandma to the gynecologist so that probably is what what did it but you know what Eh, no no hair off my back um uh he's i yeah it is what it is you know i'm surprised marco didn't come after me originally but i think i've made my peace with marco's stunt so we're good there but on the whole, man, everything, you know, it's it, we, we, we're in week, what, five now, six now of quarantine? I don't even know anymore. And I think I'm past the out of, like, hope phase into this is what it is phase. So, I don't know. I'm feeling good. Been exercising a bit, you know, running when I can, playing some video games and, you know, just. Oh, I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I think I mentioned that I was like getting more likes on dating apps a few weeks ago and like I might be having a virtual date this week so who the hell knows how that's gonna go um stock up to that yeah stock up to mike no it's just it's 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 interesting because it's one of those things like life is still going on things are still happening and yeah this uh this girl asked me what i miss most i'm like man i just miss going to like a brewery grabbing some beers you know just hanging out so we we're gonna get our own set of beers and have our own beer flights for this virtual quarantine date. So we'll have to see how it goes. But that's fantastic. I support normal. that. Yeah, new normal. You know, so it is, it is, I, I, how's how's things in the 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 old North State, man? You guys doing well? Sister, all moved in. Okay. Yep. Yep. So <laughs> moving phase, whatever phase we're on right 10, now 10,000 <laughs> has has been completed. And then in about six weeks, we'll move her out when her lease starts on her new place. So, um, yeah, it. I just feel like it's the move that never ends and uh, <laughs> still have stuff to unpack. Although you know, we've got some stuff on the walls, which is nice. It always makes it feel more like home once you start to get some of those decorations up. So so that's nice. And, uh, you know, it's it's just kind of moving along. I, um, I'm still going to work every day and, and just trying to stay sane as best I can. I'm noticing like more cars on the road uh, this past week, week and a half, but I'm not seeing any more people like out in public. So I think people are literally just going out for a drive <laughs> to, to get out of their houses. And, you know, as long as they're, they're doing so safely and there's not like, you know, secret un- underground poker games that they're going to, you know, I think we're okay. Um, I don't blame a man. I went for a drive the other week and I was going to try and drive up to, uh, 
Southern Maine last weekend just to, you know, stretch my legs a little bit. And then my friend's like, are you sure you really want to leave state? Can you leave the state? I'm like, dude, I don't even know. Like, I have to cross two states at that point. So I'm like, screw it. I'll just drive around Boston a bit. So no, I, I get it. You know, at least, you know, you're not seeing as many people out. I, I, dude, you won't believe what I found this morning. I found toilet paper. Oh, congratulations. And I know. And not only that, I found toilet paper in two places. And I noticed the grocery store was a little bit more, you know, had more stock of the things that have been harder to find. I've had trouble finding eggs, chicken breasts, all that stuff. So I'm kind of hoping that, you know, maybe people have finally gotten over the panic and just getting what they need because, you know, the first couple of weeks, like I had to use chicken in the freezer from God knows how long ago to make some food the other week. So uh, it's definitely been an improvement in the grocery store. So positive, yeah, I guess. Gotta yeah. have some. I had kind of a funny experience at the grocery store on Sunday. You know, everyone's kind of gotten into their new ritual. I get to the grocery store when it opens. That's what I've done since before this all started. That's just what I like to do. I prefer to shop in a, in a more empty store. And uh, so just following my usual routine and how it's been lately is that there's like half a dozen or so people who will be there by the time I get there and they've already kind of got their carts ready to go and got their masks on and everybody's ready to go inside as soon as they open the doors. And, uh, and then by the time, you know, the doors actually open, there's maybe a dozen or more people uh, just kind of waiting with their carts ready to get into Aldi. And, um, and so on Sunday I got there and I walk up and there's already like a half a dozen people outside. And I look and I notice that the lights are not on inside the store. And I'm like, huh, I bet they're closed for Easter. But nobody's bothered to read the sign on the door. And uh, sure enough, they're closed. And I thought to myself, I could just sneak across the street to food line without anybody noticing. Uh, but I decided to do the, the right thing and be like, Hey everybody, they're closed. So, <laughs> but it was it was kind of funny. Everyone was like, "What? Oh man!" And I just wondered like how long had some of those people been waiting there to to be the first person <laughs> into Aldi on a Sunday morning? But uh, you should have yeah. uh, you should have left like a note and just walked away and see and then see, seeing if they would, would have checked afterwards. Or this would have been a really good time if like you know those what is it Harry Potter the Howlers? You have like a message, then it triggers. <laughs> You could just left one of those, walked over, and then had to go off like five minutes later. Like, yo, <laughs> I got a head start, and just you know, then inform them. But you're a better man than I. I probably would have. I I don't know. I might have said something. <laughs> well, know. thank you all for for tuning in to our our grocery, grocery shopping hour. podcast. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> with that, let's uh, let's jump into the week that was. Oh, oh sorry. The dynamite that was. All right. So dynamite started off with a couple of vignettes, one from Jake, the snake Roberts and one uh, featuring Colt Cabana leading up to the opening round match in the TNT championship tournament with Lance Archer going over Colt Cabana via pinfall. That was followed up by the first of what I hope is many vignettes of the rules of being a role model with Brit. Baker. Uh, Britt Baker followed that up with a match against uh, Sandra Goman, I think was her name. Uh, Brit Goldman. Okay. I, I didn't see her name on the screen. I think I missed that. And then I just only heard them say her name a couple of times. So anyway, Britt Baker predictably got the victory in that match via pinfall. 
And uh, then we got the debut of what I hope is not a recurring segment, The Bubbly Bunch. And uh, <laughs> that was followed by a match between Suge D and Sammy Guevara. Suge D, also known as Pineapple Pete, if you've been paying attention. And uh, Sammy Guevara got the win in pinfall fashion there. Uh, this was followed by Kip Sabian going over Chuck Taylor via pinfall. And we got a match between Justin Law and Sean Spears. Sean Spears going over via pinfall there. This led up to the main event. And throughout the evening, we had gotten several uh, prediction videos uh, from people who are connected to either the pro wrestling or MMA world or both. And uh, various people weighing in and picking who they thought was going to win this match between John Moxley and Jake Hager. So big fight feel John Moxley got the pinfall victory over Jake Hager in this no holds barred match with the legendary Jim Ross on commentary. And that was the week that was Mike. What do you think about this week? Let's jump in with stock up stock down. Stock up stock down. It'd be a disservice if we didn't talk about what was going on in the world of professional wrestling today. And I'm not going to hide behind the phrase, the other wrestling show today, WWE. (laughs) Oh man, the timeline of the last few days is funny. Let's recap. Vince McMahon, billionaire, (laughs) has to declare bankruptcy of the XFL. Uh, Everything I've read, everything I heard is that he had the money to pay all the creditors, but it was just, he didn't want to. And they owe millions of dollars to coaches, facilities. So that was on Friday, Thursday or Friday. Okay. Safe to say they did what's best for business. Best for business. And they future endeavored all those people. And then was it Monday? The state of Florida, Governor DeSantis, at a press conference announced that professional wrestling and sports are considered essential under Florida law, which means they are no longer required to um, stay at home. They could operate and function, which, trust me, I love professional wrestling, and I know the world needs entertainment right now, but what the hell? (laughs) Like, what the hell? And then, I shit you not, no, no more than 30 minutes later, the super PAC that Linda McMahon has announced that it was going to move $18.5 million into Florida. <laughs> okay. Okay. So not only that, they had a Raw show where they had all these wrestlers fly into Orlando. No Way Jose posted a picture of his flight with no people in it saying, I guess I'm essential now. And then today, they let go. I Dude, I don't even have the – I tried to find the current number of, of – employees cut and this obviously doesn't cover the number of internal staff you know administration staff but Diana Peruzzo, Rusev, Noah Jose, the Canelises, Primo, Epica, Rowan, Sarah Logan, Carl Anderson, Mugello's EC3, Jake Maverick, Kurt Hawkins, E. Slater, Eric Young, Leo Rush that's only <laughs> and I don't even know if I have all of them Kurt Angle, Billy Kidman, Mike Rotunda, Fit Finley, Sean Devari, Scott Armstrong, Sarah Stock, Shane Helms, Lance Storm, who shut down the Storm Wrestling Academy last year for this gig. I, I'm. It's heartbreaking, man. And we know this company has the money to hold on to everyone. They've hoarded talent for years. 
to simply pre- prevent them from going to other comp- companies in competition. Vince well, is worth one billion dollars. Like the 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 difference now is that those companies aren't operating. There's no one out there to yeah. snap up this talent. So. You know, I've I've seen a lot of reporting that oh, this is a temporary situation. Uh, that the a lot of these talent and and backstage people and coaches and trainers are expecting to get their jobs back. But I mean, it it just seems like such a crappy way to do business. Be like, okay, you can't go work anywhere else. Uh, so now you're not going to work here either. But don't worry, once you have opportunities to work elsewhere, we'll welcome you back with open arms. I mean, it just I mean, you know, I talked about last week that I, I canceled my my WWE Network subscription and that WWE was no longer going to be getting my money, my attention, my time. And and I'm really happy with that decision, um, especially now, because it's clear that they don't really care about people when they make decisions like this. You look at someone like a Kurt Hawkins, who's been there forever. He's, you know, he had the the streak of, I don't know, 319 losses in a row, whatever it was. And, you know, he's there to make people look good. He's there to work with people behind the scenes and get people ready for the big stage and kick to the curb. For, for, for what reason exactly? I just, it just, it's really disappointing. And that also includes Zack Ryder, too. He got cut today. And it's just, it's one of those things, man. Like, it's just shady. And we've known for a while Vince McMahon is a shady dude. And it's just people's lives, once again, just tossed at the wayside. And the the thing that really chaps my ass is in DeSantis's press conference about WWE, he says this is a company that treats each other like family. Fuck off. <laughs> just you gotta be kidding me with that. And I guess I gotta stop putting hope in things. And as much as I've loved having AEW to watch during this time, like I know other people like WWE more. And I'm glad that those people would get to do this, but that basically just told an entire group of people, you don't matter. And that's disappointing. And well, and you you alluded to this, but the the, the list of names that we have are only the names that like wrestling fans would know anyone within the company who has been furloughed for whatever reason, or has been laid off that, you know, is in the finance department or works in marketing or, you know, probably a lot of the people who are involved with live events and house shows that aren't necessarily a part of the, the television operation, because I mean, you've got to figure everything is going towards television production right now because it's the only thing they can do you know they can't produce live events in the same way uh, that they they have in the past it's one of the things that gives me hope with AEW is that their model is based around the television product and not as much on the touring show ticket sales merch sales all that kind of stuff so I, I think there's a little more wiggle room and AEW is still currently in their phase of expecting to lose money. So as a company, they're not expected to be profitable at this point. So yeah, I, I feel really good about AEW surviving this time because one, they have an, a, a financier owner who is committed to it, Tony Khan and the Cod family. 
is worth eight times as much as Vince McMahon. So there you go. And two, they have a big commitment from TNT. TNT extended that contract earlier this year through 2022. And honestly, like their product's better. So I think I think they'll be okay. And if you look at the company, you know, they they handled their finances pretty responsibly. You know, the roster in AW is not nearly as big as the roster in WWE. And, you know, I think they'll be okay. And you know what? <laughs> Another thing that chaps my ass. You know what email I got at 8.28 p.m. tonight? Congratulations. Here's your reward for 30% off of WWEshop.com. <clears throat> Just d- disgraceful. You know, now is the time, though, if you want, if you've been holding off on buying that Revival t-shirt or your Heath Slater t-shirt, you know, now's the time. I'm sure it's all heavily discounted on on their yeah. their. Well, they also do get royalties even after their contracts are terminated for any existing merchandise. So honestly, maybe, yeah, let's go buy some Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins stuff. But and and, and poor. Oh, man, I'm forgetting his name right now. Um, he's Slater. He has kids. <laughs> yeah, he needed that job. He needed that job. Well, he's the, just one that, go <laughs> the one that more so than any other is baffling to me is Rusev. He's like, been unhappy for a while, though. Like, I mean, I get that, time. but I mean, he's he's such a tremendous talent. And, you know, not to disparage any of the people who were let go, but he feels like he's oh, yeah. on a different tier. He you is, know, he's, he is. And I don't know, that one was really surprising to me more well, so than the others. And he's I still believe, pretty young. Yeah. I do believe that Rusev's contract was similar to the Revival's, that it was going to expire soon. Because the Revival's contracts were going to expire this summer, and they just straight up released them last week. So I wonder if this was really just, you're not you're not going to resign? Are you sure? Okay, we'll let you go now. Like, why are we going to pay you? Like, I, so I think that might have been the case with Rusev. But yeah, Rusev is the biggest name to come out of this. And... If Rusev doesn't have an AEW contract within the next two weeks, I would be surprised because I think he is the biggest get that they could possibly get right now. And well, maybe Deanna Perez, though. I think it depends on, you know, is AEW going to be taping anything anytime soon? Because it doesn't make sense for them to bring in any new talent until they're ready to start taping new content. And it also doesn't make sense if that talent is not somewhere where they're going to be able to get to wherever AEW is filming from. So, you know, if Rusev's already in Florida and it's just a hop, skip and a jump to get to wherever they're going to be doing their next taping, then yeah, maybe it makes sense to go ahead and bring him in. But we know that for the next several weeks, they're going to be doing the pre-taped stuff that they already have. So you know, yeah. I, I don't know if any of and that's the thing. That's part of why this is so sad in the timing of it all is that there are a lot of people that you would expect to get snapped up by Ring of Honor or be able to go work a PWG show or go back to New Japan and, and impact. I mean, but what what opportunities exist for them right now? And and that's what what really hurts. Yeah, it, it was really sad. And God, Drake Maverick's video brought me to tears. Like, did you watch it? No, I haven't had a chance. Oh I, had a, I had kind of a busy day. Yeah, it was it was heartbreaking, man. He's like, I've been released. I don't know really what to say, you know. And he he's still gonna work the cruiserweight tournament that they're doing. 
And he's like, if these are the last, if, if this is it, these, these could be the last matches of my career. And if they are, I'm going to give you my best. It was, it was sad. It was heartbreaking. Yeesh. And like he's Slater, he's like, guys, this is my dream job. It's been a few hours. I'm sorry. I don't have anything to say right now. Like, you know, and Zach Ryder's was too. And like just so many lives. And, you know, the dirt sheets are saying that hundreds of WWE employees could be furloughed or let go. And I know this is happening all across the country and it's sad every single time. Hell, my sister was furloughed and her first day on furlough was her freaking birthday. So it's sad and it's across the board and it's not special that it's wrestling, but it feels like WWE could have held on to them, could have done right by their employees, and they didn't. And if there was ever a time for a professional wrestling union to happen, God, right now would be the damn time. And thank God that AEW gives out guaranteed deals and guaranteed contracts because, yeah, maybe that the, maybe these things wouldn't happen if WWE did the same thing. So, God. Well, <sighs> after that depressing 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let, let's just say, freeing Rusev is, you know, I love to see what Rusev does next. The Revival was released last week. Can't wait to see them in AEW because they have to settle this score with the Young Bucks for the whole fuck the revival thing. And then, you know, we've been talking for a long time about how we AW needs that big free agent woman to join the division. And Diana Perezo, 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 Perazzo. Perazzo. You said it differently every single time I you know. said it. It's a toughie, Perazzo, Perezo. I think Perazzo. she would be an excellent excellent get for the AW women's division and yeah, you know, things will get better. Things will get better. It's just it's tough right now. So Joel, you got something good to talk about? <sighs> yeah, you know, I'm going to throw a stock up to Britt Baker once again. Uh, she has been one of the big highlights of AEW in recent months. And it's just continuing to be awesome. She had that great match with Hikaru Shida last week where she got her nose busted open and started what I hoped is going to be a nice long series of backstage vignettes promos whatever you want to call them of the rules of being a role model and i just can't think of a better heel segment for her to do it just it was fantastic her delivery was great i enjoyed the setting i enjoyed that you know she was wearing her scrubs and that it was clearly you know whether it was actually from the the practice that she works at or if it was you know, just a, a setup to look that way. It worked for me. I liked the the poster hanging on the wall of the the teeth being <laughs> cleaned. Out. Yeah, I mean, just the whole thing. It just it worked great for me. And you know, I love that she's able to keep up this whole my adoring fans thing. And right now, there's no audience to rebut that because you know mm -hmm. she can just go out there and say well of course i'm losing right now i don't have the support of of my adoring fans and it's just great and then i i enjoyed her her match as well even though it was you know a shorter match but i like that she's leaning into the Derek vineyard american history x vibes with uh <laughs> having people bite the rope and then stomping on them. I mean, it, it's, it's brutal. It looks like it should end a match. And I was glad that it did. Yeah. I, I love that segment too. And is she, is she 
is she gaslighting us? I feel like this is a good example of gaslighting. Um, she is, she is just so, so, just so arrogant. And I love it. Like this is one of those heels that you just love to hate. And she, I don't know, man, MJF, I would still consider the, the, the best heel in the company, but man, Britt Baker is putting in work and doing some really good stuff. And yeah, I, I, I liked her in the scrubs. I thought that was a good look for her. The the office that I guarantee that was her dental office because that looks like every dentist's office I've ever been in. <laughs> um, and I've had quite a bit of dental work. And so, I, yeah, it was just great. And <laughs> Sheeta tweeted after that segment and she said, am I wrong to understand meaning of fair or breaking teeth delivery doesn't count <laughs> or she is just stupid. I know the answer. <laughs> and I know they had a match last week, but I would love some sort of gimmick match between them over the next few weeks because this feud's getting heated, man. And Sheeta looked like, once again, looked like a badass at ringside just watching this match. And after what we saw from them last week, I totally want part two. Like So... Are you familiar with the pure rules stipulation in Ring of Honor? I am not. So in Ring of Honor, they have, and they're actually just brought back or are bringing back. I haven't been keeping up with Ring of Honor with all this going on, um, but they are either brought back already or are bringing back the pure rules championship. And pure rules match uh, actually enforces the no closed fists and then you also only get three rope breaks in the match per competitor. So you can only break a hold by going to the ropes a few times. And then after that, your opponent can do whatever. So it's kind of a throwback feel. There are a couple of other stipulations along with it as well, but it's, it's a neat stip and it forces people to work a different kind of match. Um, Jonathan Gresham has had a number of pure rules matches. Jay Lethal has had some pure rules matches. Silas Young has done some pure rules matches. And, uh, you know, they decided to go, to bring back the championship. It's it's from the early, early days of, of Ring of Honor. So it's kind of a cool thing that they're doing. And yeah, you mentioned a gimmick match between these two. I think you could have like a, you know, a role model match that had similar type oh, rules man. that emphasized the purity of wrestling and you know uh, no no strikes just grappling just throws and holds and you know who could could come out on top in in that kind of a, a bout so definitely a lot to do there but all of this speculation all of these ideas all of these different directions they can go is on the back of the great work that Britt Baker is doing in the division so uh, all credit to her and I'm excited for more rules of of being a role model. I've always thought of myself as as trying to be a role model and so I'm looking to educate myself <laughs> further and and I think Britt can help me with that. I, I think so. I think so. It, it's it's been great. I was hoping to see more tonight, but if they spread these out over the next few weeks, that'd be great. And we, you know, we talked about last week that, you know, due to everything's going on, limited roster. We could come out of this with what three bona fide stars in the women's division: Nyla Rose, Britt Baker, Hikaru Shida, and I feel like that's a great, great direction, great step for the division in general. So 
Uh, well, and don't forget, know, you've I, got Riho as well in there. Riho, you've got Penelope yep. Ford, who's on on the fringes of, of that division, more involved in the singles competition with being Kip Sabian's manager. And uh, congratulations to the happy couple on their engagement. Uh, yes, sir. But, you know, if she gets more involved in the women's division, she's a tremendous talent in that, you know, in-ring work as well. Yeah, yeah, they, they've done a really good job, you know, not only of just building this division up, but building this division up with what's going on right now. So it's honestly, I've been looking forward to the Britt Baker Sheeta stuff every week for the last two or three shows. So props to them. Uh, anything else about this, Joel, before we, um, Oh, I, I did like Jericho saying all three of these women have lost a Sheeta. They should kick her in the face. <laughs> that made me laugh. I, I found it <laughs> like, interesting. I found it interesting that Anna Jay was lined up on the heel side. She didn't, seen yeah. like a heel and any of what we had seen from her on camera before but i guess she she does bill herself as being the star of the show and that's a very heel persona so yeah. i guess it makes sense but uh interesting to see her already aligned on the heel side of the house well you got to pick a side it's you, here's your contract now heel face go well you need to know Figure what locker out. room to go to you know it's, it's oh yeah there's two tunnels all right <laughs> <laughs> uh, so well, I, I think we can move on. Um, and I know I'm, I'm not necessarily going to agree with this one, but I know you are throwing a stock down to uh, Jake Hager and John Moxley in the AEW title match. Yeah. So quick history lesson. We have had six AEW world championship matches since uh, the title has been formed. Obviously at all out. Then we had Jericho versus Darby Allen, Jericho Cody, Jericho Scorpio Sky, uh, Jericho Moxley, and now Moxley Hager. In what world is having Hager be in the longest AEW championship match ever sound like a good idea? Like, I'm sorry. I, he, he just does absolutely nothing for me. And... The best matches Moxley has had in AEW have been against indie guys. Like, the Jericho match was fine. It was okay. But his match with Omega, fantastic. His match with Pac, fantastic. And I know Pac was in WWE, but he did not work that style in WWE. And I'm sorry. If this was a flash in a pant, like like a 15-minute all-out brawl, Sweet. I think it could have worked. But this match dragged. And after giving us three weeks of having fans in the crowd by giving us some extra audio, I know they filmed this way before because this was filmed at Daly's Place, I believe, because it was definitely not in uh, the Nightmare Factory. It just it ugh, it just sucked all the momentum out of the show. I It's the first time if we... It's the first time I thought, God, I want to watch anything else. I almost turned it off, but I knew I had to record with you. I needed to take notes. I was bored, and I know Mockley can put on entertaining matches. So guess whose fault it is? <laughs> it is the guy who recently blocked us. And I, I'm sorry. I, I tried. I gave it. I really did. I tried to watch this match with an open mind. Five minutes in, I was like, this is boring. But. I'm going to do my best to talk you off the ledge here. So 
there's been there's a match in wrestling history that has been getting a lot of attention and a lot of talk in recent weeks due to the uh, coronavirus and the empty arena matches that we've been seeing. And that match is Jerry Lawler and Terry Funk uh, in Memphis wrestling empty arena match way back in the day. And I think what they decided to do with this match was to lean into the old school nature of it. And that's what we got. We got a very old school, punchy, kicky wrestling match and they worked all over the arena. They threw each other into heavy objects. And I thought this match would have been half as good if it hadn't been for the spectacular commentary by Jim Ross. Oh, I thought commentary sucked. I disagree I completely. I, I really don't think love... JR has the ability to call a match by himself anymore. Like, well, that's that's your opinion. You're going to have to live with being wrong on that one. Uh, I don't think I'm wrong. He did a really good job in this match. He laid out. He left room for the match to breathe. I really liked the approach that he took, and it felt like we were watching something significant. And I, I enjoyed uh, that aspect of it. The match itself, like from a work rate perspective, no one should have ex- been expecting anything fantastic here. Of the high profile names in AEW, Moxley is far from the best worker. What makes Moxley compelling is his character. And I thought his character was on full display in this match. I really enjoyed his performance. Uh, there were some things that, you know, could have been a lot better. Uh, I thought I continue to think that Jake Hager delivers the least convincing low blows in all of pro wrestling. It just, yeah. you know, even Jr. was like, I think that yeah. was a low blow. Yeah. It's like, no, there should be no doubt. There should be no doubt that it was a low blow. Um, but I thought there were some some really... Uh, cool spots as well. And I also thought that Hager looked a lot leaner than we've seen him. I thought he he was in better shape for this match. And, uh, you know, it was a longer match and he he hung in there. So, you know, I'm going to give some credit. You know, I'm not a big fan. I'm not defending Hager here, but I do like what they decided to do from a creative perspective. And I thought that they, they accomplished what they set out to do. Uh, I... I think Moxley's character is better when there's a compelling character across from him. And I don't, maybe it's just, maybe Moxley can't carry someone lesser than him. You know, we always talk about in sports, you know, can a quarterback carry his team? Can Luka Doncic elevate the players around him? And I don't think Moxley elevated Hager in this match. And like, I don't it think just, Moxley elevated Hager. I think JR elevated both of them. I disagree on that because I don't think co- the commentary fit. It didn't feel like it felt like like I don't like one man booths in general because when JR's asking questions, it's just like, okay, got it. I don't know. I none of none nothing about this match worked for me. My the favorite thing I liked about this match was the buildup, the predictions throughout the show, I really enjoyed that. I really liked how they positioned Moxley as an underdog, even though he's champion. So I'm pretty sure the majority of the people picked Hager in this match. So I did enjoy that. And then during the bubbly bunch where Hager made his kids close his ears, he's like, we're going to kick Moxley's ass. That actually got a laugh out of me. But 
Like, I this did nothing for me. And I think it was a mistake. And AEW has been very good at recognizing things that don't work and moving on from them. And Hager should be a big, bad bodyguard, and that's it. And I... I, if if I have to sit through a Hager main event again, I might have to turn it off because there's nothing intriguing about his character or his in-ring work. It was boring. This, seemed, this was a WWE main event, and I hated it. Hated it. Just absolutely hated it. Fair enough. We'll agree to disagree like said, on that I, one. I, I tried going in with an open mind. I really did. I really did. All the vignettes throughout the show got me. You convinced me last week, his training videos, I rewatched those. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Those were good. They were well-produced. He's a schmarmy, marmy heel that I want to hate. His wife is being a pain in the ass too. Like, okay, I, I, I started falling for it. And then as soon as it started, I'm just like, this, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And, you know, we need body diversity in the company. We're getting body diversity who can work in the forms of the murder hawk in the forums of Brody Lee, hopefully in the forums of like Rusev. And God, I, it just, God, I, it, it brought me down, man. It was a one out of five. If we're going off the, yeah, it's that bad movie scale. It was, a, it was just painful for me to watch. I, I hated every minute of it. <laughs> this, this might be the most mad I've been about anything in AEW since it started. And I could tell I you, we, You've worked yourself into a shoot here. Uh, so <laughs> I, I think we should probably move on before you blow a gasket. And uh, I, I'm going to throw my stock up for this week. I'm going to throw another stock up this week to the TNT Championship Tournament, which yes. uh, continued. And I, I, I want to make this conversation more focused, less because the match we can talk about and the match was really good. But it's more about the structure. The fact that they're giving us one match every episode, it makes each match feel really significant. They're also giving these matches time. You know, we've seen two so far and I like that this one led off the show and yeah. it was really, really good. Uh, I thought that Lance Archer looked really impressive. Uh, you know, we'd previously seen him in the ring with really small people. And so the question becomes, and it's almost, it, I'm sure they did this intentionally. Can he do it with someone bigger? You know, we had uh, Colt Cabana talk about that when he was asked about this match in an interview. And he said, you know, he's not going to be able to throw me around like that. I'm 260 pounds. So we saw that Lance Archer can throw him around yes. like that. There was, yes, there was a really can. impressive spot in this match where, you know, Colt Cabana did his little cartoon charge and launched himself at Archer in the corner and Archer just caught him in a full Nelson walked out into the middle of the ring with Colt's feet off the ground the entire time and then hit him with a full Nelson slam. And it just looked really, really powerful. And, uh, you know, he did have to use the corner in order to get Colt up into the blackout for that finish, but it still looked really good. And, you know, Colt is a big dude. So I thought the the power moves in this match, the huge choke slam, the pounce, and of course his finish looked really, really convincing. And uh, it's good to see that he's going to be able to throw around 
basically anyone in the company because there aren't that many people in the company who are bigger or heavier than Colt Cabana. Yeah, it it was impressive. And when he hit the, was, is it called the blackout, his finishing move? Yes. Is that it? Cole Cabana's face when he had them had him up there for the spot just sold it absolutely perfect. And I want to give props to Cole Cabana in this match because he made Lance Archer look like a million bucks. Every punch looked like it hurt 10 times more than it would have. Every spot, he like the choke slam, Cabana got his ass up for it. And just, yeah, that's, that's the positive having an amazing veteran like Cole Cabana. And smart for them for having Cole Cabana going into this match undefeated. Um, I think one of the big thing, I think one of the big things we can take away from this whole TNT tournament in general is the amount of planning it takes because they had to record all of this in like two nights to get everything they needed for this this run of no live shows. And I wonder if that really comes. You know, we we were at a Ring of Honor show where they filmed six weeks of content in one day. And I wonder if the EVP's um, experience with that played a part in this. And um, I mean, it's quite possible. And uh, I like the way that this match was set up. And I, I, I think that a really clever thing that they did with this whole tournament was putting people in that we want to see. There's no one out of this field of eight people that, hasn't been talked about by us on this show you know these are all really good talents and people that uh, for a number of them we've said we want to see more of and you know probably half the people that we've talked about in the context of a mid-card title are in this tournament and I i love that it's getting time and you know like you said the creative process has got to be quite the task setting all of this up and you don't have the benefit of getting a crowd response and being able to see is this working is it not do we need to course correct there is no course correcting you know you've thrown the dice and now you've got to see where they land and and figure out does this work or not and so far i think it's working oh yeah i think it's definitely working and it makes me i like what you mentioned about how you know his first match against marcus little guy then he upgraded a bit to a bigger guy in Cole Cabana. Well, we have a six foot six Rhodes brother on his side of the bracket. If he beats Kip, maybe they're just escalating in size for Archer to show off that he is that big. And it would make sense for Dustin to make it to the next round to build up towards that, what we all think is the eventual finals between him and Cody. So, yeah. And I loved, I love that Jake promo to start the show. God, I loved I loved everything about it. I love I love Jake as a manager, and I'm. I remember when he showed up, and we're like, "What the hell? What is Jake the Snake doing here?" I, yeah. I just I love having him back in my life, and you know, for Jake was kind of before our like actual era of wrestling. You know, we don't I don't have any memories of yeah, Jake I the Snake. I only have memories. I grow up on Jake Roberts. Yeah, so like to be able to see him do his craft and do his art, and I really loved. In our minds, the championship belt is a bone. Do you want to try and take this one away from this dog? Lance is going to enjoy it. Oh, so good. So good. Just loved so, it. <laughs> one other note on the actual work of the match. Uh, I thought they did a really good job, and I'm sure Colt Cabana was involved in, in laying out this match. Archer wasn't invincible. 
And I think one no. of the big pitfalls of debuting a really big guy is you make him untouchable. He no-sells everything. And then what happens when that person finally loses and they're no longer invincible? If that's the only thing about their mystique, then they're no longer interesting. And we've seen it over and over and over again in the other wrestling company with, you know, Umaga, the great Kali, the big show 17,000 times. Braun uh, Strowman. Braun Strowman. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, it was really good. I liked that he was no selling the chops and, you know, kind of laughing it off. And then Cabana would hit him with an elbow and he would reel a little bit. And, yep. you know, you could tell that stunned him a little. So, you know, I, I think there was some really good work in that match of setting up yeah. and developing those characters. And even Marco, despite it being a squash match, he, even he had a few moments where he got him to stutter. It was like an enziguri or something um, that caused Archer to kind of sh- stutter a little bit. So, yeah. And God, man, we know Lance Archer can work. I can't wait if, they, if we're going to get Cody Archer in the finals. That that should be a well, it is going to be a pay per view. That's a pay per view quality match, and I can't wait. So, yeah, props to the TNT Championship. This and and it gives us something to care about because they had to postpone Blood and Guts, where they announced that they're still going to do Double or Nothing, but you know we might not have the entire roster then. So it gives us something to invest in, and they they put a meaningful feud that will most likely be the finals in it too. So, yeah, just overall. Love what they're doing with the TNT Championship. We've cried for a, a secondary belt for a long time, and we're finally getting it. And it's going to be a fun ride. So can't wait for the rest of the, the bracket. Anything yes, about indeed. this before we move to um, lightning round? Yeah, it's going to be an abbreviated lightning round because there's not much else to talk about from this show. But let's get into it. Lightning round. You remember, dude. <laughs> um, my first thing from Lightning Now, it actually wasn't on Dynamite tonight. It's what they've been doing on Being the Elite. And we're at 199 episodes of Being the Elite so far. And they gave us three parts this week. And they had a little matches at the Being the Elite compound. It was kind of fun to see some SCU, see Peter Avalon, um, the Bucks. And we actually got a, a Battle Royal that will set up a match between Matt and Nick Jackson next week on being the elite for the 200th episode. Um, I've always kind of wanted to see the Jackson brothers face off. I don't know if there's any matches of them online, just the two of them, but this should be fun. And it gives, just gives us another like stream of content during, you know, this weird time. So uh, did you, did you happen to watch that this week, Joel? I uh, I watched part one and I watched the about the first three quarters of part two. And uh, like I said, today was kind of a busier day, so I wasn't able to finish it. But I I really enjoyed what I saw. And uh, you remember when we went to the the Ring of Honor taping and they gave us the the Young Bucks. I think it was Super Kick Party Volume Two. It it was just like it was just like a party favor. They were just handing out the DVDs as you were walking out. Um, which was really cool. I actually busted that out the other day because my wife and I were bored. And I was like, I've got this old Young Bucks DVD. You want to check it out? I haven't seen any of these matches because they're from before I was watching the indies. And uh, just really cool stuff. So if you still have that DVD floating around somewhere, 
uh, and you're looking for a way to entertain yourself, there's some really great matches on there. Uh, but yeah, to your I'm... point, there are not any matches of Matt versus Nick. So I don't know if that exists. I don't know if that's out there. I don't know if this is a first, but I do know it's a fitting way to do the 200th episode of Being the Elite. Yeah, and we'll, I think we'll definitely have to cover that for next week's show. So, Joel, you have something for me for Lightning Round? Well, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk in more detail about the Bubbly Bunch. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, if you're going to do a Brady Bunch parody, you need a, you need a theme song. You need a jingle. Like, that's the whole setup of the Brady Bunch. You get, like, we could write one right now that would, be, that would have made the segment better. How do you not do that? I was bummed. And then what that, the hell was the segment? <laughs> I, I was bummed that nobody got hit in the face with a football. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think again, if you if you're wanting to do like a, a Brady Bunch kind of thing, and a lot of people have been making the observation that like Zoom calls are kind of like the, the Brady Bunch graphic with the, the yeah. different uh, squares and everything, but. I just it kind of felt like a half baked segment or something you would see on being the elite, but not necessarily on on dynamite. It felt yeah. really out of place. Uh, even if it was on dark, it would feel more like fitting. Now that being said, I laughed. It was entertaining. Oh, and you know, stupid as hell. I got some chuckles out of it. I thought the uh, the MVP was uh, Sammy Guevara. I really enjoyed his contribution. Um, <laughs> When he just was he on version S for stupid though, like so I, corny. I, I really enjoyed when he just kind of tossed the weight off camera. <laughs> that was really <laughs> funny to me. Um, and then you know how he 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 counted to Cinco and then didn't know how just to count any crazy. further. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that, that made me laugh. Uh, I, I I mentioned earlier. <laughs> When Hager like made his kids cover their ears, like I'm gonna beat the shit out of my, I legit laughed out loud. That made me laugh. That was funny. And then I actually, did you notice when Jericho spilled the orange juice and, and then the it cut away wasn't there in the next cut? Yeah. <laughs> I will say that though, had to be on. I, I, I had, had to, to be give on props. Purpose. I have to give props. That was a pretty good looking fried egg. I mean, yeah, I, I like my eggs over easy and, and that looked like it was well on its way to being an over easy egg. I do have a, a pro tip, though, um, and I'm not the only one to make this observation, but he's he's got a nonstick pan there and he's using metal uh, tools. He had a metal spatula that he was using to flip his egg. Y- your your nonstick pan's not going to last if you do that, buddy. Y- you got to get yourself some something else. Well, and, and really, and you shouldn't be using a nonstick pan. Shouldn't be using a nonstick pan. So, uh, to make eggs? Yeah. In general, just nonstick pans, they're just, they're trash. Oh, well, I guess that's why all my food is not good. Also, they kill birds. Uh, they what? They kill birds. I mean, they kill birds. The, <laughs> wow, we're, getting no the weeds we're getting into the weeds. So, it, you can't have nonstick cookware if you have pet birds. Because the um, the coating gets into the air and it will kill them. Really? Really. <laughs> but also, also, you know, I, I am I, I I cook a lot and I regrettably have nonstick pans. I need to get better ones. Um, but it's really hard to get a proper sear on anything when you're using nonstick okay. pans. So 
Well, we'll end this uh, this part of lightning round with the um, I, I felt felt seen when Jericho was like, "Can you find me toilet paper?" Because today is <laughs> the first time I found toilet paper in a month, and I literally would tra- would have traded anything to get some damn toilet paper because we were running low. So, so and you were like you- that Papa Bear in the Charmin commercials. Yeah, well, the main difference is my my Heine's not Charmin clean. So, um, yeah, it, you know it's bad when you when you wake up and you, your stomach starts to hurt and like, do I really need to go right now or can I wait till I shower? <laughs> and so that's moving on. What else do you have true. for lining round? I liked uh, I liked uh, Shuggy, um, uh, Pineapple Pete. Uh, I I liked what he did. I liked that little dance move step bot holding hands with um sammy and it wasn't a long match but yeah i enjoyed it and i i, I don't know if shuggy is just a shug it's just shug i'm gonna call it shuggy if shug is a uh just a guy who happens to be maybe being trained at the nightmare um academy or whatever it's called but you know factory I like to see nightmare him factory, factory. <laughs> damn it um i i'd like to see see him again so and I thought it was a fun, fun match between him and Sammy. That's it. Yeah, definitely. I, I enjoyed that that same spot that you just mentioned. And I liked the, I don't know if you caught this, but Sammy looked at him. He was like, what just happened? And yeah. Shug looked back at him and said, I have no idea. And then hit him in the face. And if you notice, like Sammy for like the next like 20 seconds, his face was like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> I enjoyed it. it. It was fun. And you know, everyone's been talking about how am I going to stay in shape at home? Just pick up your roommate or spouse like Sammy did to uh, Mr. Pineapple Pete and just do squats. That, that's a really good workout. And I think we should get on that. I'm running out of things to talk about. I don't have anything else for lightning round. What about you? <laughs> uh, the last thing, and it's really small, is I, I really enjoyed uh, Sean Spears bantering with the gun club before his match. And he walked up and said, I'm, I'm very good. I'm very good at all of this. I'm very good. <laughs> it just cracked me up. I like that we're getting Sean Spears on the main show. It, I know he was doing his tag team thing on Dark, but I love Sean Spears. and I think he's really good. Well, his personality is coming out a lot more and his knack for comedy wrestling is clearly on display. And, you know, I I think AEW has has demonstrated that they're willing to dive into that niche. And especially right now with everything going on, they're bringing the laughs and I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. Um, I I want a Sean Spears versus Colt Cabana match at some point. Definitely. And then on um, being the elite, they've done this thing with like Kenny and Colt Cabana, like Colt showing up and just ruining Kenny's day. Yeah. So I hope we get a comedy match between those two at some point because I think that'd for be sure. really good. For sure. So if that's it for lightning rounds, I didn't forget this week. It's time for Joel's random observation of the week. Oh shit! Accidentally. <laughs> 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 observation of the week i still need to make that shorter i haven't had time my observation of the week uh this week comes in the form of a question and my question to you is how many squash matches did we have on this episode of dynamite well we had spears versus justin long um then we had Britt versus cassandra gold do you consider sammy versus pineapple pete a squash 
So it's a trick question. None of these were squash matches. And they not follow the rules of the jobber that Matt Hardy put out? That's correct. Uh, and I'm going to give you the rundown, uh, our stats on these matches. Now, the rules, according to Matt Hardy, is that one, the match must be no longer than three minutes. So uh, Shugdi and Sammy Guevara was longer than three minutes. So it, it does not pass muster on that one. Britt Baker did. And uh, Sean Spears did. Both of those matches were under three minutes. So they get a check mark on that one. Our rule number two is that the job guy cannot be in better shape or have a better tan than top talent. Uh, So all three get the check mark on that one. Um, And uh, rule number three is that you only get, uh, as the job guy only gets to have one offensive move in the match. And uh, so... Two out of three matches got that. Britt Baker, Sandra only got one offensive move in. And uh, Justin Law only got one offensive move in. Uh, but uh, Pineapple Pete got several offensive moves in. So that one is no check mark on there. And then the reason why none of these actually pass muster is that none of these matches ended after a move that was previously done by the Steiners or Legion of Doom. So... I forgot Sorry. about rule number four. Rule number five. four, yeah. So, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, if you don't know what I'm talking about, treat yourself to Being the Elite, episode 199, part one, where Matt okay. Hardy, broken Matt Hardy, gives you the breakdown of the rules of a squash match. That was so freaking random, but I was laughing the whole time. I Also, Joel, you forgot one squash match. The AEW World Championship match squashed my will to live. And I'm out of here. <laughs> Anything else from your random observation of the week, Joel? That is all. All right. Well, you know where to find us. You can find us on Twitter at OWS underscore pod. Find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Other Wrestling Show. You can email us at the other wrestling show at gmail.com. Nailed it. You can find us. I, well, I had to do where you can also find us on Spotify. I, you interrupted it. You, you throw off my groove. Um, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. And if you're an Android user like me, pretty much any of the Android podcast apps will have it. We are going to be going live on Google Podcasts, whatever it's called, Google Music, I guess, and Stitcher here in the next few weeks as well. So you can find us there. And yeah, uh, AW is the only thing that's getting me through the week right now. And, and Joel, any, any other things to say before uh, we get out of here? Wednesday is my favorite day of the week. Stay tuned, folks. Remember, everybody, life's a work. Duck the clothesline. And happy wrestling.